Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to this episode. Um, Today, Liv and I chat about all things Corona, um, anxieties, fears, and uh, trust, ultimately trust. Um, I hope I don't seem dismissive to people's fears and anxieties in this time because that is not my intention. My intention is to know that fears and anxieties are real and God sees them and he knows them and He is there for you. Um, Reach out for him. He wants to hold you close to his heart. Um, I also want, um, you know, if you are feeling anxious, reach out to somebody. Tell them. Uh, Don't reach. (laughs) Call. (laughs) Text. (laughs) Skype. Whatever it is. Um, But know that I am praying for you. I'm praying with you. Our lady is here. Hold on to your rosaries. Um, Pray to her. Pray to him. He has you. He's bigger than this. He knows how the story ends. Trust him. Um, I hope you enjoy the episode. How are you? Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, I am really well. Really, really well. And um, it just feels surreal in the current climate to to say I'm fabulous and it just feels strange that the world's crumbling around us and yet that's going on. Do you find that? Yeah. I I I was actually we, we had we were lucky enough to have mass tonight, vigil mass. And um it was very different. Yeah, it was very different. We had um, the whole church was opened. We've got big doors at the back, so you could um, stand at the back. And um, there was no music, and there was no um, uh, offertory, and there was no um, what do you call it when the money goes around? What's that called? Offer. Uh, no, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. There was no contribution. What's it called? Collection. Collections. That's it. There was no collection. and um, But it was very beautiful and I was I felt very privileged. Um, but I don't, I'm not frightened. I mean, I must admit I did go to the shops today to get my eight-year-old's ears pierced in because I thought maybe next week when it's her birthday and she's been waiting for this for the last nine years that she won't be able to have her ears pierced um, and I didn't want her touching anything. But I'm just finding this time is actually, um, it's such a time of grace and reassessing what's really important. Yeah. And now we've jumped straight to that when we weren't going to talk about that until the end. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Should we put a pause on that and come back? Yeah. Yeah, we'll come back to that. I just, um, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not worried. Put it. Yeah because he's bigger than all of this like, yeah he knew he this was going to happen he knows he's you know yeah. i just now, anyway tell we'll get back me, to it. i 
think um, you asked me how I am and I said I'm well. What about you? You've been offline for a while. Um, I have. I have been. Uh, I haven't been on here for quite a while. I think maybe two months. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? My life has been one. Big... <laughs> what what Sorry? could we call it? Not, call it. not um, writer's block or creative block. What would you call this one? Podcast block? <laughs> I definitely haven't had a writer's block. I have been writing a lot. Um, uh, I have just been really, I've been in the desert, put it bluntly. Yeah. Yeah. Just feeling really um, not flat, just I know it's it's the enemy. (laughs) I know, I know that's what it is. Just actually maybe not obedient, disobedient. making excuses putting obstacles that's basically what it is um it's all too hard but it's not that's that's normal that's normal and that's just the devil he wants us to um you know run intimidate us and run from the thing we're drawn to yeah and also and i actually noticed last night um one of my daughters said to me mum why you, you don't seem yourself and or or what why what's wrong why are you always um running from one thing to the other i mean i have had a massive life shift i now work instead of full time at home um all my kids are at school um but and, and life i'm used to order and um because I've had the luxury of being able to order my life and this term with school and working and just life in general, um, it's been running from one thing to the next and I I realised last night that my blue flame wasn't being lit, which is this kind of stuff. And our blue flame is something that doesn't, take from us it it builds us up it's it's what gives us life um and mine is is probably speaking to people I don't know but I haven't been doing it and I I noticed that my whole kind of um demeanor has suffered I think yeah but like as you said, you have had a massive shift going from full time at home. Your house is always clean. There's always not meals being cooked. For- I know, but like that in itself, you know, having your baby go off to school, starting work that you haven't done for years, you know, like um, physically it's taxing, but emotionally it's a big change as well. You have to give yeah. yourself time. I think also last year there was a lot of things. Ha- that were put in motion to happen this year and they just unraveled and mm. didn't eventuate and I see now why because they yeah. couldn't possibly have happened because of what's going on in the world um, yeah. and I was a little bit um, dif- disappointed I suppose with all that not turning out but it was my will not God's will and I see that now and I just need to pick myself up and start again yeah but I think that's um you know it's a good lesson in life that 
um, the life we want is not often the life God wants for us. And we, mm-hmm. have, we have to trust him but trust, um, give that trust time as well because, um, you know, he will make it happen but it will be in his time. He's, he's never in a hurry. No. But, but he's never late either. And also he's in that waiting. I see that every day. Like he's, he's in the mess of your mind. He's in the mess of your home. He's, he's in when, you know, those seasons of desert, like I've been in a desert where I'm dry and um, not, not dry, I suppose, but just disappointed um, in prayer. But I had I had such a um, we had the the relics of Saint Therese Lisieux um, and her parents Saint Zelie and Saint Martin. They still are touring Australia. Actually, I did read today that they have, it's been postponed because of the coronavirus, which is unfortunate. But um, I sent out a. a text with a few friends at the beginning when I found out that they were coming saying hey let's go who wants to come with me it's Lent it'll be a good opportunity you know just to go and sit there for an hour on one Wednesday night they were going to the cathedral the relics and um, everyone sent back messages saying they couldn't go which is fair enough and that afternoon I thought oh well you know I it was my last day of work for the week and I was pretty exhausted and I thought oh stuff it I'm not going to go either um and then I had this well I was cooking dinner and I had this feeling of you know then this isn't just anybody you know this doesn't come around very often just go so I thought okay you know what I'm just gonna go he wants me to go I feel like I feel drawn to go anyway 10 minutes later one of my friends rang me and said are you still going tonight what time are you going and I said, oh, well, I'm going. I'll go at about um, 7. And she said, okay, I'll come with you. And I thought, oh, well, there you go. That's a a, um, a sign. Yeah, yeah, someone's coming with me. Anyway, we get there to the cathedral. At, I thought, oh, we could just do a holy hour um, from 8 till well, – yeah, we got there at quarter to 8, right? And I said mm-hmm. to my husband, I said to Pat, oh, I'll be home by – 9.30. Anyway, um, we get there. It's empty. The whole, cathed- <laughs> the whole cathedral is empty. And I thought, oh, man, I got the wrong day. <laughs> anyway, I saw some banners, some posters of St. Therese. And I thought, oh, maybe it's going ahead. So and this priest walked out and I said, oh, you didn't miss it. No, we didn't miss it. It was they they weren't coming until nine. <laughs> no, nine no, they weren't coming till nine thirty or something like that. I can't remember. But we had an hour and fifteen minutes, so maybe they weren't coming till nine. Yeah. So you got front row seats. Oh my gosh, Olivia, it was so embarrassing. Anyway, so I said, Okay, I can deal with that. I'll just sit here because in St. Patrick's Cathedral the um the tabernacle is in a separate location to the main church, body of the church. And I um, I thought, oh, well, I'll just sit here in front of the tabernacle for an hour and um, then we'll go in. 
Anyway, at about um, quarter past nine or something, priest came. It was all, I could hear there was things happening. Um, and he said, would you like to come in? The relics have, have arrived, come in. So you walk from the tabernacle, um, the side chapel, you actually walk straight into the main floor where the altar is. It's a really weird shaped church, cathedral. Anyway, there was... It was St. Pat's in the city, was it? No, at Parramatta. Oh, Parramatta, okay, yeah. So you know how the main church is... Well, you walk from the side chapel to the main church and you're actually on the altar. Yeah. And there were seats all along there and I said to my friend, should we sit here? Anyway, she said, well, may as well, because it was all filling up in the pews. So we sat there. In come the relics, <laughs> like a whole congregation, you know, a whole, I was going to say tribe of priests. Yeah, a whole procession of priests <laughs> and deacons and incense. And my friend and I are in the front row, right, <laughs> we're choking on the incense. Well, I got the giggles. <laughs> Anyway, the relic ended up directly in front of me. Like if I put my hand out, I could touch them. We were so lucky. It was, it ended up, anyway, I didn't bring a tissue. Silly me. (laughs) I have. It was so beautiful. It was really beautiful. And um, when I was driving in, I had a deep sense of, you're going to meet somebody tonight. Anyway, I um, forgot about it, completely forgot about it. I was taken in by the incense. And um, then everyone was coming up to pray after the, um, it wasn't a mass, but the prayers and the readings were done and the singing was beautiful. Anyway, I opened my eye. I had to close my eyes because I, me, Silly me, who is always emotional. Um, everyone was. I, I couldn't. I couldn't watch people um, venerate the relics because it just got me unstuck. I kept crying, so I closed my eyes and thought, I can't watch them. I have to just close my eyes and pray. And I opened my eyes for a minute, and directly in front of me was um, Layla Abdullah. That the. Do you remember the lady that lost her? Three children. Yeah. Mm. She was there. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, I just stood up. I said to my friend who was sitting with me, I said, just mind my handbag. I've got to do something. She must have thought I was mad. And I just went over to her and I hugged her and told her. Anyway, it was just so beautiful. Wow. You know, he's so good. He, he, if, He's so good. He's so good, full stop. I can't. Yeah. That's it. It was so beautiful. And I, I just felt really privileged to be Catholic. It was Yeah. It was so what an amazing, so deep. Amazing so, woman. Amazing. What an amazing witness to uh, God's love and mercy and trust and hope. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I know she's suffering so much. But she mm. reminded me of our lady. That's all it that was it. She was so beautiful and so dignified and so um, fear just kept coming to me. She was so, she just kept saying yes to our Lord, no matter the cost and the hurt. 
Um, mm. It's amazing. Yeah, such great. Anyway, um, yeah. So that was my. I know. I can't. I've been thinking about her a lot lately as well because, um, you know, with this whole distancing ourselves at the moment. Um, can you yeah. hear me? Yeah, that's better. Um, distancing ourselves at the moment, you know, and no public gatherings and all of that. And I saw Layla had put a, a message on Facebook a few days ago just saying, you know, um, obviously they're still grieving and they will forever. But um, she said in the face of this crisis, all you can do is pray. And I thought, gosh, if anyone can say that, it's her. Um yeah, well Maybe you I should like, Is she on Facebook, is she? Yeah, yeah, she is. But, you know, when when that tragedy happened, the whole world knew about it. Like she mm-hmm. was an in- incredible witness to the Catholic faith and, you know, the power of the rosary. And, and so many people came to pray with her. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, as tragic as it was, like, all in perfect timing, in a sense, you know, that that wouldn't have happened this month. Um, no. You know, the people coming to pray with her and support her and, you know. And you know what else I thought? The night her children were taken back to their heavenly home was the end of stinking heat and drought. Since they died, it has rained. And I know I might be reading into it, but nothing is by chance. It has rained. It has rained and it has rained and it has rained. And and when it didn't rain was their funeral. That's right. That's right because I thought it was going to rain that day and it didn't. The sun came Mm. out and then it rained again the following day, didn't it? God provides. Mm. I mean, yeah. Anyway. What a beautiful witness to faith and her, her, she was so, she is so secure in who she is, in her identity of of God. Just beautiful. Anyway, um, so there's that, that's happened, that shook the world. Um, The bushfires have stopped, the rain has come and life has grown again. And just as we are kind of... um, Recovering from that, we have this virus that has taken the world sideways. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, but I was thinking about it last night. Um, I think a lot. <laughs> I'm not always right. I'm probably never right. But um, I was thinking that... Um, it, it's not just something like when we have, when there are world, world wars or just wars or famines, they're kind of isolated to a particular country or a particular ethnic group or, um, you know, it's, it's, it never impacts, it, it impacts a lot of people but never the entire world. Mm-hmm. This virus impact, it, it doesn't, you know, there's no. Discriminate. There is no discrimination. It, it it impacts every single human person on the face of the earth. 
and I find it is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, not the actual. Really? Yeah. I just, <laughs> I find, no, because everybody's given the same chance to start again, to yeah. reassess, to, to see what they value to see what really matters to them, to see what defines them. And if things that define them can be lost in an instant, then that shouldn't be your main focus. Yeah, yeah. I just, I I see it as such a gift. (laughs) Call me stupid. Yeah, no, you're right. And I was was having a chat to mum yesterday and I was saying that you know, I'm just so grateful to have our faith because, you know, in a crisis like this and every single person in the world is facing it, you're right, and there seem to be two ways that people are are reacting. And one is this absurd, crazy, you know, thinking about themselves, running for toilet paper, um, you know, stocking up on food and just going crazy or turn to God, put it in his hands. In his hands. Um, um, you know, just, you know, just just to have just complete trust. trust. In, he's got this. He knows what he's doing. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the result. It's already planned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not. It's not a punishment, so so to speak. I mean, who know, it could. Who knows? But I don't see it as. I just. I see it as being so like clear and universal. And you've got another chance. Like, mm. look what look what you're, you define yourself by. Is it money? Is it um, status? Is it sex? Is it, um, you know, power? What is it? Gym. Yeah. <laughs> is it control? Yeah. Because everything is out of our control, every single thing. We can't control this at all. No, no, we've like, been stripped of all of we all been, those worldly things that you know make yeah. us feel good. We've been stripped of all yeah. that. Um, but but also, it's like, what do you value? Turn it, you know, where do you, where are you going to shift your focus? What do you need? You know, so we're kind of being told to go home, stay home, keep clean, eat well. You know, look after, you can't go, you can't, all those kind of activities, the busyness of life that distract us from what's really important have been taken away. And we can either use time to really grow in our relationships with our husbands, our children, our family, our friends, our neighbours. Because even, yeah, even... Silly things you can't like the earrings today. I know. I, know I, sh- I just thought if I don't get her earrings, her ears done. Her love tank is going to be so depleted for the next six months. <laughs> but I those kind given of I did say to her, we can go to the shops or we can wait till your birthday next week. But there's no guarantee. So Mum might have to do them. <laughs> she didn't like that idea. I've done a few in my lifetime. Yeah, in the (laughs) bathrooms at school. (laughs) Um, You there? You there? Yeah. 
Uh, I, I agree with you. Eating <laughs> That's fine. You eat. Um, I just wanted to say these two things overlap. This everything that's going on with the coronavirus and, um, you know, you were saying that, uh, cut a long story short, I want to talk about going to the colour conference that we both went to last week yep. and it ties, in, it ties in with what you've just said about corona. But, um, you know, a, a girlfriend of mine um, who is Seventh-day Adventist invited you and I to go along to colour um, and I had a few things on that weekend, but I managed to go for one and a half days and you managed one day. Um, and I was just so grateful for that time um, just to, to be a part of, you know, a, a wider Christian community of women in particular, of the sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and this girl, Beck, my girlfriend, she was also, as you know, going to come to the Catholic conference with us this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been cancelled because of corona. But it just filled my heart with so much gratitude and joy that Christian unity is, you know, the media would have us believe that it is dying, that Christianity is dying. Mm-hmm. But at Colour Conference, you know, there were 2,000 women or something, I don't know, it was enormous, um, from all denominations, all all lifting each other up in faith, you know. We're mm-hmm. all there as witnesses to to God's church to and I don't know it just it just made me think that you know God wants Christian unity he's that's you know that's what he wants that's his big thing and I think last weekend it made me realize that I think it's women that are going to make it happen because we are built for community we are built to you know like that's it's in tuned in us to want those closer relationships with each other and I really think it's women that are going to put church back together. Um, yep. That's feminine genius, Liv. Didn't you listen to that podcast? Genius. I did. I did. But um, I, yeah, I just, yeah, it's, I, it's, I absolutely, I, I loved it. I mean, it was, it was an amazing um, spectacle in a sense, like it was so well done and, um, the music was incredible and the venue was amazing um, and the product. Yeah, I felt welcomed. Yeah. I felt so welcomed. I felt so welcomed and loved and and the Protestants are just incredible at, you know, their their knowledge of the Bible put me to shame. Like they know the word of God hands down better than us Catholics. <laughs> yeah. um, and they they – they had so much goodness and so much um, conviction. Um, they were so sincere in their love of God and uh, it was beautiful. Just listening to them pray and um, worship was, was beautiful. But the one thing I did notice, you know, was the point of difference um, that we've missed now on the Catholic Conference this weekend is the, the lack of the Eucharist. They didn't have that. And um, that was a big goal for me. Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that exactly. Yeah, that was a point of difference. But um, you know, I was just so grateful to have that time with Beck and and you. It was beautiful. Yeah. But can I can I just go back to what you were saying there with Christian unity? 
and and then back again to um, talking about Layla Abdullah. Um, as it unfolded, the tragedy of the children and everything, when I found, when I was reading that her children went to Kings and Tara, which weren't, aren't Catholic schools, I kind of felt a little bit, I thought, oh, that's a shame. I thought she would have sent them to Catholic schools. Then the day, then the funeral unfolded and I was lucky enough to be at home that day and I watched it live whilst mm. making 14,000 dinners um, and, and cried the whole time. Yeah. 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 The, the, the Christian unity that she was able to establish, like to bring together because of her grief and her, her faith, it brought everybody together. It was so beautiful. And I thought, you know what, who, there, she, she again was obviously listening to the voice of God. You know, because she's such a strong, she had such a strong faith, has such, such a strong faith, you will automatically assume that she would have sent them to a Catholic school, but she didn't. She had obviously was, you know, chose schools because that's where she was listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. And it was just the Spirit in action. It was, it was, it was so beautiful, the fact that she could yeah. bring all those denominations together in her grief anyway that's yeah. that's the um how's the sound going your end is it okay well it sounds like you're at the beach oh, well i can assure you i'm not i can see that um, for everyone listening, we're trying a new way of recording for better sound yeah. you're sounding very very um tropical i can hear the the palm tree is blowing. Oh, dear. No, on the bed at home. With the dog. Um, yeah, yes, with the puppy. Um, okay, so getting back to Kalal Conference, mm. I thought I'd just written down a few things that I took from the conference. Do you want me to share them or yeah, do you want to move yeah. on? Oh, um, okay. One point, uh, Bobby Houston, who runs Hillsong, I suppose, um, the woman, the, the wife, she said, um, she talked about vigilance. This word of vigilance kept coming up. And she said, when a mother has a baby, were you there for this? I can't remember if it was the Thursday night or the Friday. No, no, but, I, didn't hear that. I know, could have been in the long when, Yeah. Well, she said, when a mother has a baby, um, we become very vigilant and that's because there's something in our brain, uh, hormones, et cetera, et cetera, that switches something in our brain and makes us hypervigilant and, mm -hmm. and full, full throttle, 100%. But when a man well, becomes a dad, that vigilance switch is only at a quarter of the way, right? <laughs> right? So for... For women, it's a hundred percent, and for, this is a study she watched. She read up on some study. I don't know where she got it from, but anyway. Um, so in men, it, it only goes up a quarter. However, if if a dad is um, hyper vigilant, I suppose, or if they are very in tuned with the baby's needs, and you know he does the bottle feeding, or he changes the nappy, and he does the bathing, and his you know 
in on in yeah. on it all the time, which is not not the case most of the time, right? But yeah. but a, apparently a male has the capacity to go to that at one hundred percent if if they make an effort. In women, it's automatic because it's just something in our in our genes, right? Anyway, in our feminine, so in our feminine genius, that's right. She made the point that we're made in God's image and likeness. So he is hypervigilant for our needs. Yeah. And I just, that's, that's, it's just struck me that so often we just, you know, we fall away to fear, like this whole virus thing where people are worried, they're fearful of what's to come, but have to trust in God's vigilance. He, he, is, he wants what's best for us. He knows our story. It was written while we are in our mother's womb. Like, you know, but mm. he is as he has vigilant our name, as a mother. He has our name carved on the palm of his hand. I mean. Exactly. But how beautiful because, yeah. like, you know, like I even look at my our own mum, you know, when when we come, when you guys come over or our brothers come over and or even my son when he, he's got his peas now, so when he leaves, she'll say, drive safely, you know, and it's it's in our nature. It doesn't matter how old our kids are. You know, you've got a daughter mm. in her 20s now and, you know, she's very independent, but you're still hypervigilant. You still want the best of, you know, obviously. But even as an adult, you know, when, when our children are adults, we still worry about them. And that's God. He worries about us. He, he wants what's not worries, but he just, he's got our back and we just have to trust that. Yeah. But I just thought it was a nice analogy. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. The other, the other no one is fast like God is father. Say that again. No one is father like God is father. He, no. he, he is father. He is what we all aspire to be. He's he is the perfect father. So if you think of yeah. the perfect, and he is the masculine and feminine. So if you think of the perfect mother, he is that the perfect yeah. father. Yeah. I mean, you can't even think about it because he's so yeah. He cares for you. He's closer to you than your very breath. I think I find that such a beautiful description. Mm. Um, I, I had a similar experience a few weeks ago, actually. Can I talk about it? Yeah. Or you? Well, I had, um, with all my being in the desert and being disappointed and all this kind of hoo-ha, I, um, I went to confession to a priest who I've never been to before um and priests are human i get that and you have different experiences of confession with different priests but ultimately they are um representing god yeah Um, Yeah. and i um i just had i thought you know what i'm just gonna lay it out there for him i'm gonna pour pour my heart out because i've had enough of bottling it in and i told him um, this situation and he just got me and mm. I was in floods yeah. of tears I didn't have a tissue again <laughs> and I didn't have sunglasses and my kids were waiting for me <laughs> anyway I'm using my sleeve I'm using the bottom of my skirt to wipe my nose 
I'm thinking, I hope you can't see me through that mesh. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time, don't worry. Anyway, I um, I got, the next day I was just um, driving and I burst into tears again because I thought, that's what God's like. He gets us. He just gets us. There's no, there's no two ways about it. He gets you because he created you. He knows you intimately. And there's no need yeah. to yeah. be fearful or to hide or to soften the edges, you know, to, to kind of make it look better than what it is. He just gets you. There's, there's nothing to fear. It was such a revelation. At 40, it took me 43 years to get that. <laughs> yeah. But I was but, so grateful. But he wants us to come to come to him. Yes, for sure. He wants a relationship. Yeah. It, it's all about relationship. He wants an intimate relationship. And, and he's a gentleman. He gives us a freedom to choose it or not to choose it. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other speaker at the conference was Anne Boxenham. Oh, yeah. That's why I went with <laughs> Um, but she she made the point as well that she talked about the parable of the prodigal son and how mm. it's one of the most influential parables in the Bible. Um, and similarly to what you've just said, he wants us to come back to him, whether, you know, in confession or just, just back to him in, in the Bible, in his word again. Um, and and it's true, that, that, pas- that parable has been lived out over and over and over and over again in different ways in history, in, in all our lives. Um, we've all had to come back. and But we've just got to realise that there's hope in restoration, um, you know, mm. and in in doing that. Um, and I suppose, as we said before, with the coronavirus, we're all faced with this new reality of, you know, having to trust that God's got this, you know, Um and, and how are we going to deal with it? And I think, you know, as I said, some people are all about themselves and, and trying to stuff their cupboards and, you know, it's all about me and, and wanting to protect me. But we have to flip that around and, and think of others. And um, at the conference again, she talked about this, it's a Latin word called incavitus and it's, and it means inward. It means that we're always thinking about ourselves and looking inward. Whereas mm. we have, to, we are made in His image and likeness, and we have to live outward. And mm. she spoke about cruciform of, of God on the cross with arms outstretched. And and rather than being drawn into ourselves, we have to outstretch our arms like Christ did, and and reach out to others in times <laughs> of need. And you know we're living that at the moment. I um, had a rude shock. A rude reality to me a few, last week, because I've been all like, not angry, but like really upset at people, you know, fighting over toilet paper. And you know, I haven't been. I've been to Costco twice because I do a shop there once every few weeks. Both times, no toilet paper, nothing that you could use for for toilet paper. This is a massive warehouse. None. None. Like this is insane. No, no paper towel. No toilet paper. No serviettes. There was no meat. There was mm. no 
Um, what was the other thing? Oh, long life milk. There was no sugar. Anyway, so I, I, I kind of got on a, not a bit of bandwagon, but I wrote a little post on Instagram about, you know, we have to, we've forgotten that we belong to each other. And as St. Teresa um, of Calcutta said, um, you know, we've, we've drawn our circle of family too small. Um, anyway, so I had all that going in my head. The other day, my five-year-old son was walking out the door to school and his bag was just sagging off his back. I said, what are you doing? What is in your bag? Anyway, I picked up his, I took his bag off his back. It was as heavy as lead. Um, and I said, what's in your bag, Harry? And he said, I'm taking food for the poor people. Because at school they do a Penrith kitchen, so they have like a food for the soup kitchen. Um, yeah, but my my first thoughts and the words, the first words that came out of my mouth wasn't so sweet. It was, but what if we need that? Can you imagine? That's what I said. So if he'd opened his bag and it was toilet paper, would you, <laughs> would you have let him get it? But I said, what if we need that? And then I had yeah. to stop and I, I, I heard those words come out of my mouth and I thought, hang on a minute, surely there is someone who is in more need of those things than we are. And am I really trusting that God will provide if I want to hoard this stuff? I mean, we've got to be sensible. We do yeah. need to have reserves of some, you know, especially if it's a big family. Yeah. We run out very quickly. But there comes a point where we have to give. <laughs> Not comes a point. Yeah. We always have to give. But out of the mouths of babes, like, I've, I, know. I, was, yes. I was told, you know, by a priest many years ago that um, to always ask your children to pray for your intentions because they have they're closer to god in heaven like they've got a a more direct line i suppose um but they just seem to not complicate things kids you know like harry saw that that was a need for the poor and mm. and the other day the other day my henry he said um mum it's the halfway mark of lent now and i've decided that giving up chocolate was it chocolate yeah i think it was chocolate Giving up chocolate's too easy, so I'm going to make it harder because God was in the desert for 40 days. And I said, so what What are you giving up now? And he said, peanut butter. <laughs> and he said, if God had to give it, give it up for 40 days, I do too. <laughs> oh, sweet. I just thought how fun peanut butter's really, really tough. Yeah. So is it peanut butter and chocolate or is he swapped? <laughs> I don't know, but I just got the giggles. Peanut butter. It's really wow. hard. <laughs> um, but just, you know, understanding those Bible those, stories, those kids, you know, he just saw that God was in the desert for 40 days and he had to do something that was going to hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like adults either we we don't, you know, some don't do anything because it's just the too hard basket, um, but then others complicate it too much. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. last year was probably one of my most fruitful lengths and it, it wasn't that I was giving up something so much, it was that I was doing something. Yeah. And 
I found that total shift in my mindset of um, the idea of Lent is to get closer to God. That's what he wants. So if something yeah. is, is not making you get closer to God, then it's, it's not what he wants. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? I had something to say. Oh, that's right. I think being childlike in this whole season that we're in with the coronavirus is probably the key to survival. It's just yes. trust. Simple. We have a father. He loves us. He knows us. He is there for us. We've got this. And it's that simple yeah. but totally total radical trust. It's simple but it's radical. Because yeah. it's radical, I think, because it's so simple. Yes. And I think, um, you know, we've said over and over again that fear robs us of joy and mm. and yet the joy of God should be our strength because he's told us that he is with us. He, We know that. We know he is with us. He has given each and every one of us a guardian angel. So I think it's just so important, one, to remain calm in front of our children, but two, to, you know, you've got to be honest with them because they, they're feeling it. They hear it at school all the time. But I had an eight-year-old outside telling me that coronavirus has ruined her birthday. <laughs> Well, you tell her to, you know, stand, you know, I, this is another thing they said at the conference, to stand in our authority over the enemy, over the devil. You know, God told us he will be with us. We do have a guardian angel at our side every day of our life. And and to pray to to our guardian angel and to God and, you know, just just to let your kids know that we will be okay, just to... To stand in their authority over the devil, like we will be okay, just to have hope. I listened to a beautiful a friend said, said than done, I suppose. Totally, totally. But um, a friend sent me this, it was from BBC Radio London, just this afternoon. I think I uploaded it on my Facebook page. Um, that even though now that everybody in the streets of Italy have had be, had to be um, uh, confined in their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the canals of Venice are becoming clear. The sky yeah. in China is becoming blue. The birds are tweeting. You know, things are, are coming back to life because yeah. those, those things. Restoring. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And if, if, if nature obeys God constantly, like if, if they obey him, then why can't we? That's right. And I, and I always think like God, God made the world out of chaos. So hmm. he can make good from this chaos. You know, oh, there's going to be, uh, there's a lot, a lot of sadness is, is around, you know, um, you know, a lot of deaths, a lot of sickness for sure, but God's going to make good out of this chaos. He always does. Yeah. Um, and suffering so ends when surrender begins, so we've just got to hand it over to him. Yeah. I mean, that's so easy, easier said than done, but it's yeah. just little, little <laughs> moment by moment. Like it doesn't have to be this massive surrender. It's constant chipping away of 
Okay. At this point, this hour today, I, you know, I'll just say, okay, it's it's up to you. I can't do it anymore, or I can't cope. You, I know you have this tonight. I know you're here. I know you're here. I know you're here. That's as much as I could say. I'm no, I know you're here, and I'm I'm grateful. So on that note, what's brought you joy these last months? <laughs> Let's um, just do week, shall we? What's brought me joy? I would have to say spending that time with you and Beck last Thursday and Friday brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, that was um, fun. Just, yeah, just knowing that that Christianity is is alive, you know, like there's so much goodness out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, just I'm pretty devastated that the Catholic Women's Conference isn't on this weekend and and again, like I was, I was listening to. They put up a live video this afternoon because it's not running. They you recorded some things to send to the women who were going. And um, Karen Doyle, who's organised it, she said she got a lot of beautiful messages um, from women. And she said the main message was that they understood why why um, it's not, but that they were devastated because they needed this. You know, they really. They really felt that this was a time in their life that they needed this um, time with other women and with God, and and I felt that too. I was just, I was all week. I'm like, you know, my husband's like, surely you're not going to go, and I said, no, if it's on, I'm going. Like, I'll, I'll be fine. Um, yeah, but um, you, you know, again, that that bond of of the feminine genius of of sisterhood, of women, womanhood, of um, I don't know, just it lifts you up if you if you share it. Yep, and that's why I, I had to get this podcast back going again because women need to know that they're not alone and that your story really matters. Your day really matters. Your heart really matters. Your feelings really matter. And to share it makes it easier to carry and, and it makes other women realise that they're not alone. Yeah. Anyway, and what about you? What brought you joy? My joy would probably have to be um, a friend of mine. I, I wrote that little um, blurb about Harry and his bag full of a contraband. <laughs> and a friend of mine wrote that um, her daughter, she was walking out the front door with... Um, a few hair elastics, I think it was, scrunched up in a snot in a used tissue to take to the poor people. <laughs> and she she said, "What are you doing?" She said, "I've just got these for the poor people." And it was a few hair elastics rolled up inside a, a used tissue. And she said how it just melted her heart and brought a tear to her eye. And um, I said, "That's probably how God sees my offerings." But they still, even though they're like a few hair elastics rolled up knotty tissue, he still loves them. Yeah. And I thought that brought me so much joy because there's such, I just thought, yeah. It, like that's complicated. Yeah. Childlike. Anyway, yeah. that brought me joy. I cracked up. I thought that was hilarious and beautiful and profound all in one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And anyway. just one thing I want to leave um, you with. I just read a quote just tonight. I read it tonight and I quickly wrote it down before we did this. It actually popped up on the, the on Facebook on one of the sites I follow. And it was a, a quote from St. Teresa of Avila, one of my And it's just, let nothing perturb you, nothing frighten you. All things pass. God, God does not change, but patience achieves everything. And I thought, how apt for what we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't be frightened. God's got this. We've just got to be patient. Yeah. Totally. And he's in control. He knows what to do. What he knows the outcome. He knows the story. And and what should give us comfort is this is not the end of the story. As Padre Pio says, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. End of story. Well, I'm glad you're out of your desert and you're back (laughs) online. I'm I'm climbing the mountain. I'm going to have a mountaintop moment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about that new song that's just come out that, um, is it God is a miracle maker, a way maker? We sang that a few times last week. <laughs> huh? That's new to you. What? That's not a new song. Oh, well, I learnt it the other day. It was played <laughs> so many times. <laughs> I think it was. I've been singing that today. Yeah. All, All right, right hon. Well, lovely seeing you. We'll see how this sound goes. Yeah. Um, and okay. if anyone has any stories to share, please email me at jessica at doherty.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. See you later. Bye.